Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton, and I am here with my fabulous co-host. Jay Allen Cross. Always very happy to be here. Yeah. How are you doing, Jay? I am doing pretty good. Summer has finally arrived. We have had the wettest summer, spring over here in like the last 80 years or something like that. We just... Oh, my God. We love to do records with weather these days. Um, So... It's good because it's something we really needed, but also I'm very happy to see summer. We're seeing the sun again. It's getting warmer, which is great. And I am having a bit of, I don't know, a a journey right now with music. What's Um, going on? So I'm, I'm not really a music person. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I am, I like music and everything like that, but I often like if I have headphones in, I'm listening to like an audio book or a podcast or something like that. I don't tend to just like sit down and listen to music um, just to do that. However, lately I have been discovering bluegrass. Oh, yes. Which like I've, I've been exposed to bluegrass. I've been to some bluegrass shows and, I, and I've always very much enjoyed it, but I haven't ever actually like really gotten into it. Mm-hmm. except for lately i've just i don't know what's happened something in the air i've been doing a lot of like gardening and canning and stuff like that and something was in me was just like you need bluegrass in your life and i'm like okay so i've been kind of digging into that and i have to tell you i'm absolutely loving it i oh wonderful because like you know i was raised on country music and like oh, don't yeah. get me wrong love me some country music you know me and reba we go way back but there's something I, I find bluegrass to be a little bit deeper sometimes because modern country is very much like, you know, got a big truck and a beer and my dog. and But like bluegrass, <laughs> bluegrass hopes for a better world. Yes. And I find that very beautiful. It's it's homey and sweet. Yes. And optimistic at times. But also they, they know how to touch into the sadness of things, but the beauty yeah. and sadness. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been very into it lately. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on the audiobook train myself. Um, Ooh, going what for, you got going on? Well, I've got, uh, I have so many readings and book things and audiobooks going on right now. I'm bouncing between Braiding Sweetgrass, which is a classic. Mm-hmm. I've read the book, but now I'm on the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook Dances with Wolves. Oh, really? A while back. Yeah. And there's a sequel to it called The Holy Road. I didn't know that there was, I didn't even know it was a book, let alone that there was a sequel. Yeah. So I'm on the sequel right now and it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, You know, I'm not all the way through it and I have, you know, there's a few things I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, But it's still good listening, you know, just to kind of zone out and you're just like cleaning your house or going for a walk or you know, taking care of errands or on a road trip or something. So that's what I've been listening to is, uh, I think it's Michael Blake mm. who wrote, I think that's uh, Michael Blake or black. I can't remember. Yeep. <laughs> <laughs> but a good Western. Yes. A good Western. Um, good Western. I like stuff. that. So yeah, that's kind of where 
my head's been at with stuff and then sprinkling in a little bit of ambient music and stuff to kind of just space out and right. feel, feel good about life because it's kind of hard to feel good about life lately. <laughs> yeah, it's living life in the apocalypse, you know? Right. Um, with that ambient music situation, I don't know if they have any more, um, but... Wittershins podcast did like a soundscape thing that's like a rainy library. Okay. And it's super cool. Um, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like the sound of like, you're in a little cottage and like, it's raining outside, but like it sounds of like turning pages and pencils scribbling and, and tea being poured and stuff. And it's all very calm and like very relaxing. And I'm like, I absolutely love this. Oh, that's sweet. I like that. I love ambient. Yeah. Kind of like house noises and stuff or just rain and mm-hmm. like that. It's really soothing. So yeah, my, I have to be um, careful with the rain. Cause it makes me need to pee, but otherwise. Right. <laughs> or yeah. If I'm near a river or something like that, I'm like, Oh shit, here it comes. Um, but also the one thing that I find really comforting, um, on my walks, because there's a lot of high grass out here where I live is the sound of crickets in the afternoon. Yes. The the chirping. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. Super nice. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Speaking of houses and home noises and things like that, what are we talking about today? We're going to take a little journey into some house magic or some magic associated with things around the house. We're just kind of, we're going to get homey today. I've been in a very homey place lately where it's like, you know what? I just want to cook and clean and just be domestic as fuck. And so we're going to talk about the home. Yeah, I like it. My mind's been on the home too with, with the bun in the oven. Yeah. Gotta, gotta get that nesting going. Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. So for me personally, where I tend to start with house magic is kind of the, you know, which is we love stuff. We love accumulating things. I think I, I often describe witchcraft as just kind of like fancy practical hoarding, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. hoarding with, with a purpose. You know, we, we like our stuff. Um, and for me, what I have too many of and yet will not apologize for because i use all of them is coffee grinders yes i have a collection myself and i i do wonder how many witches who are listening right now have a collection of coffee grinders or maybe a collection of mortar and pestles but more Mm -hmm. specifically coffee grinders yes the modern witch the, the the new mortar and pestle is is the coffee grinder because let me tell you that shit is convenient yes like, and I have several because I have one that's like for actual coffee. Yeah. And then I have one that's um, magical use. So if I put some sort of poisonous plant in it or something, I'm not going to die um, by making coffee in it afterwards. Um, or sometimes too, like, don't don't get too crazy. But like, you can kind of do brick dust in a coffee grinder as well. Yeah. Um, if you've already chunked it down real good. And then I have another one that is separate from those two that is for like making my own like culinary spices. Mm-hmm. So I, I keep the magic one separate because sometimes stuff goes into that like sulfur and I'm like, I don't need that in my spices or in my coffee. Right. I have one for coffee as well. Mm-hmm. And then I have one for herbs. 
Mm -hmm. loose herb stuff for the most part herbs and roots and then i have Mm -hmm. one for resins because mm -hmm. um the type of coffee grinder i use i use the mr coffee grinder it has a plastic lid on the top and Mm -hmm. no matter how hard i try i still can't get the resin residue completely out of the plastic top yeah and it'll what stay I, forever. <laughs> it'll stay forever. And the best way that I have found to clean your coffee grinder is with uh, Everclear or rubbing alcohol to get oh. in to get in there. Yeah, because one time I ground up a bunch of uh, fresh clove, mm-hmm. and the the volatile oils from clove actually eat the plastic of the lid. Oh, right. Yeah. No. So it's just like permanent, like clove. So I had to get in there with some um, rubbing alcohol to really clean it out. So, but it's like permanent essence of clove in one of my grinders. Oh, interesting. I wonder yeah. if something like like white vinegar too would take it off because it's like. Um, right. Like if you're making like, cause see, this is where my head's been out lately. Um, if you're making something like an Italian meringue, you know, as you do, um, you have to get every sort of oil off of all the surfaces that you're working with. Cause it will totally screw it up. And so use the yeah. white vinegar to wipe everything down to remove all the oil. Like, so yeah. Stiff peaks on that meringue. Yes. Got to get them stiff. And it's, I'm ordering a blowtorch and we're we're just gonna pray me and me and meringue we're gonna we're gonna figure it out together gosh you can even get into some creme brulee yes like yes. torch that sugar like yeah. get in there i'm i'm worried though of me just being loose with a blowtorch just unsupervised just i <laughs> especially as an aries right i'm like i feel like what could possibly go wrong um <laughs> it'll be fine It'll be great. So, yeah, coffee grinders are definitely a necessity. Um, What else? You know what else I love? What? Is a good bucket. A good fucking bucket. Or like five or six of them. Because buckets, let me tell you, um, for cleaning your house, mopping, whatever it is that you're doing, love me a good bucket. Also, for magical bath preparations, if you do not have a bathtub, making one in a bucket is an excellent way to do it. Cause it holds a lot of water. You mm-hmm. can really make like a big one and then like fully like dunk it all over yourself. Like I love a good big Mason jar method, but sometimes just like the full bucket immersion experience is, is nice too. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely one for the floor because like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be doing your bath water in a bucket, the same bucket that you cleaned your floor with. It's just a vibe. That's kind of weird, <laughs> exactly. you know, like, ooh, you know, you can clean it out, but still. Yeah, um, that's just me personally. And the other thing, too, is um, I like to have an extra bucket around for dyeing fabrics. And I like to use oh, like do a yeah. lot of plant dyeing. So it does veer into the magical realm with plant mm-hmm. dyeing and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I like having a, a nice five gallon bucket for that. And I just go to like Ace Hardware or someplace like that, you know, to pick up a bucket. You know, little hack where I got my first big, like five gallon pickle bucket thing, I called like a local fast food restaurant place. It it was an independent one. Um, It wasn't like a big chain thing. Um, And was just kind of like, hey, do you have just like a pickle bucket that you're throwing out? They're like, oh my God, we have so many of them. Please come and get them. So, right. Check that out. 
Yeah, it's also um, like my mom is currently building a garden and she went to like a hardware store and picked up a bunch of pallets to Ooh, to break yeah. the pallets down to build her garden. So mm. things like that, like, you know, if you're moving, you go to a store and you're the, the grocery store and you're like, can I have your boxes? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot easier um, and cheap and free. Right. And two, if you can find like a low wide bucket, I got some, there's kind of this um, Mexican grocery store around where I live that sells them in the summer. They're kind of like low in their wide buckets. And I love using them for like foot soaks or foot baths or like, mm-hmm. you know, when it's hot out and you just want to like sit outside in a lawn chair with your feet in, in the water, you know, kind of a vibe. Definitely useful. Right. Cause, um, Foot baths are really um, underutilized in magical mm-hmm. practice these days. I feel a foot bath is, um, especially if you don't have a tub or something, um, it's also just like a great way to kind of warm the body in the winter time. I know we're in the middle of summer mm-hmm. right now, but in the winter, it's an awesome tool to warm your feet up and like do like an herbal foot soak. Absolutely. And it definitely goes both ways too, because then like, you know, in the summer too, I use it to like cool the body as well. Like you can, you can affect the body pretty intensely through the feet. You can, the feet Mm -hmm. absorb so much and, uh, they, they, we kind of take them for granted. You know what I mean? Like it's our feet. Your feet. It's, it's what touches the ground most of the time. Holds you upright. Mm -hmm. Um, now, what else? What else do you think? Or what? What's on your your list of of must haves around the house? Um, gosh. Okay, we can we can go into this area. Um, jars. I love every, a good jar. Every single jar you could possibly think of, and there's so many memes out there about witches and their jar collecting. Yes. Um, but you know, going to a thrift store. And mm-hmm. finding all the old mason jars. That's what I did recently. And there was a ton of them. I just got really lucky and found like a bunch of canning supplies. Ooh. So I have um, I have a lot of jars. And sometimes depending on the town or city you live in, when I lived in Portland, I would often find free boxes full mm-hmm. of like very often I would just find canning supplies. So I actually found like a whole canning kit on the side of the road once. yeah it was great um so yeah jars like itty bitty jars you know like baby food jars like just Mm -hmm. to hold your knickknacks and your herbs and things that you collect because we are fancy hoarders at the end of the day and we need a place to put our things and mason jars are great um and you know they also double not just for herb storage and stuff but for uh the the magical bathing or tea Mm -hmm. brewing and things like that so Absolutely. You can utilize them for all kinds of stuff. And something I've discovered lately with the jars is like, you know, I have a lot of the mason, like the canning jars with the, you know, the metal lids and the metal, you know, um, rings that you screw around them. And that's great. But I find they tend to rust pretty quickly, especially Mm -hmm. like if you run them through the dishwasher a couple of times. And so I was like, kind of like hating this lately, though, because I've been doing a lot of, of fermentation got some cauliflower going right now. Um, right. And a little sauerkraut. Um, Mm. so I didn't want to like introduce a whole lot of metal to it. And so what I found, I just got it online for like real cheap are the, um, plastic caps that go on top of a Mason jar and then screw on. They're really cost effective. They last forever. 
the ones I got come in a bunch of different colors. Um, and they're all like food safe, no BPA, like none of that stuff. And they will last forever and you can run them through your dishwasher and they don't rust. Um, highly recommend. I'm a big fan. Right. Yeah. I have a couple of those. They're um, actually for fermentation. It's like a mm. little silicone. Um, it looks like a nipple. Oh, <laughs> yes. I have those too. Yeah. And so it allows the gas to diffuse and kind of burps itself. Um, Absolutely really like a game changer. It really is a game changer. And mm. then um, I get the glass weights too for my fermentations um, to yes. slip inside the jar. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually just ordered from, let me see if I can remember where it was from. Country Trading Co. online is where I, I got like my little fermentation um, lids that you were talking about. The ones that look kind of like, uh, I mean, they, they do. They look like nipples. They look like boobs. Yeah. Um, and so you put them on top and then that way the the carbon dioxide can all escape without letting air in. Abs- super cost effective and simple. And I also got the weights from there as well. Absolutely mm-hmm. loving them. So shout out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Love it. Um, I used to use uh, river stones. Ooh. When Dana. I didn't know there was such things as weights. I know now we're talking about fermentation, but you know, fermentation <laughs> is like a, a radically magical act. It really is. It truly yeah, is. It Colonies of bacteria yeah. in little, yeah. Jars. I love it. Yeah. Jars are great. Getting it. So yeah, jars, absolutely. Jar accessories, canning supplies, all of it. It's really useful. Um, I had a harder time finding that stuff when I was living like directly in the city, but when you're rural, like just like your grocery store and shit will have like full canning sections. Right. So, yeah. And yeah. I don't know if there are buy marts in the Midwest or out East and to our international listeners. I'm sure there are probably no buy, buy marts where you live, but if buy mart here in Oregon, excellent, excellent canning supplies. I mean, it's just great. I fucking love buy mart. I love buy mart. Just the heck of a deal all the time. Mm hmm. Just, yes, that was the place, too, where, like, for some reason, just, like, a pot for your plant costs, like, $20. And I'm like, why? Um, and then I went to Bymart and got, like, really big ones for, like, a steal. And I'm like, thank you, Bymart. Yep, yep. And wooden crates and all kinds of stuff. It's yes. really, really nice. It's also uh, where I shop for, uh, if I can't find any used camo. For my camo shirts. Yes, because you need you need to disappear sometimes. Sometimes, most of the time, I need to disappear. So, <laughs> just do not perceive Britain. Just don't perceive me. No. All right. So, what else is on our list here? What's next for you, Jay? Possibly the most underutilized magical tool. No, let me explain this is the mortar and pestle. And you're probably thinking WTF, all witches have a mortar and pestle. And it's like, yes, but do you understand your mortar and pestle as the intense magical tool that it is? Because yes, it's great for grinding up herbs. Very practical. Love that. Um, But when you have your mortar and your pestle and they come together, they create a liminal space Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with one another. I'm not going to go into the symbolism 
of a mortar and pestle coming together. But when they do, you have a seat of creation right there. Mm -hmm. And especially if you can get a mortar and pestle where the pestle will stand upright in the mortar, then you have an open channel. Don't underestimate the power of a mortar and pestle. Um, You can also cast spells with them. If you do not have um, Raven Grimassi's Grimoire of the Thorn-Blooded Witch, he goes into great detail on the use of mortar and pestle as a magical tool. We're talking about utilizing it to create like a rhythm or like he talks about setting the mortar up on its side and putting the pestle into it and running it around the inside like you're doing a crank. And doing it like away from you um, to send something away and then doing it towards you to like draw something in and also like creating like meter and rhythm with it and like putting magical waters in it and then utilizing the pestle as like um, like an asperger to um, like flick the water around everywhere. Y'all are sleeping on the mortar and pestle as a magical tool. It is like one of the most intense spiritual tools that you have in your arsenal utilize it for more than just crushing shit up you really just like opened my mind um to that possibility i mean ob- the symbolism is like obviously there like you said yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna explain that but i didn't really think of it like yes for sure liminal space but i didn't really think of it as like mm-hmm. like working it in that way wow yep you have a liminal space in the palm of your hand yes Mm-hmm. Love that. I really love it. I have two mortar and pestles. I have a uh, marble one, like a classic mm-hmm. marble one. And then I have a Japanese one. Um, It's got like, it's made of, cl- it's made of clay and it has mm-hmm. ridges on the inside of it. And the um mortar is a, is wood. Oh, right. Did I get that right? The mortar or is it the I'm pestle? Sure. I, I believe that the mortar is, is the, the bowl. Is the bowl. Right. Okay. So the pestle. <laughs> the I'm pestle. looking it up right now. Right. So we have our anatomy of the mortar and pestle uh, figured out. But uh, it's really cool. It's wooden. It's just like slightly more gentle and mm. has a really good grinding um, capacity to it. It's really good for um, like cloves and spices because it really gets that grind. Uh, with the ridges inside the bowl. Nice. And we mm-hmm. were right. The mortar is the bowl and the pestle is the um, the grinding club. Great. Um, yeah. And kind of like the, um, the coffee grinders. Now, I do generally utilize my coffee grinder more, especially if I'm, well, if I'm going to be making a powder, mm-hmm. I'll utilize a coffee grinder. Yeah. Um, yeah. But similarly, I have multiple, I I have one that I use like specifically for spell work. And then I have one that I use for like magical, like plants, like to actually process plants Mm -hmm. um, and mixes and things like that. I have one that's specifically magical. And then I have one that's for culinary use. Because again, sometimes the plants that you use in your magical practice is not something that you want to cross with what you would utilize for like cooking in the kitchen. Right. Um, You know. So I, I do have separate ones for for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Very cool. Wow. So much to, you can do with a mortar and pestle. Wow. There's so much. Really. Crazy. 
Um, so one thing I really like on our list here is uh, Jay and I couldn't figure out the word for it. <laughs> so we just wrote herb choppy thing. The herb choppy thing. The herb the choppy thing. Herb choppy thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I always use like, um, I have an herb choppy thing. So describe the herb choppy thing. What does it look like? So it's like two handles usually made out of wood connected by like an upside down crescent moon situation here. Mm -hmm. So it kind of looks like a little guillotine with handles. Um, And you just kind of, you use it for the chopping and it kind of rocks back and forth real nice. Um, It's really good for like, if you have like a big bunch of like dried herb Mm -hmm. and then you take it to it and then you can really get it down to that nice cut and sifted kind of um, quality. That's great for storage and use and spell work and stuff like that. Um, I I don't have one yet, but I do have friends that have them. And I'm like, ah, oh, that looks amazing. Like that looks like so much simpler. Yeah. I I have um I don't have an herb choppy thing, the rolling back and forth thing. Mm-hmm. Um but I do have a um I also don't know the technical word for it. It is a debarking knife. That's the same shape. Oh, yeah. Ha- the angle of the blade is so that you can um, debark a tree. So you pull it towards you. So the blade's so like inside instead of, yeah. Yeah. And I I really enjoy collecting uh, tree barks, uh, like mm-hmm. especially medicinal tree barks like alder and things like that um, or wild cherry bark. Um, so if you if you happen to get lucky um, and you find a downed cherry or alder tree, um, you can easily debark them. But I'm actually wondering if where the the blade is at, if I could also, I don't know, I couldn't use it for that. Okay, just like visualizing that here, that wouldn't work. But <laughs> it's the similar, it's a similar shape and yeah. similar a similar tool. Um, mm-hmm. That's really helpful. Or and or I just use my kitchen knife, um, especially with okay. like big bunches of fresh herb like uh or i ordered a bunch of fresh uh tulsi from mm-hmm. oshala farm they have like a mm-hmm. fresh herb buying program oh, and they wow. would like overnight it to you so i just use my kitchen knife to but to really get that nice fine chop it would have been really nice to have a tool that rocks back and forth to yep. really really get the herbs chopped really up. Get in there. i like that and if you don't have one of those but you do have like a food processor Mm-hmm. Um, that will cut and sift it pretty quickly. Again, though, be aware of what you're putting in there. Don't like put like a bunch of deadly nightshade in there and then like try and make salsa for your family. That won't go well for you. <laughs> um, which is why I like, I like the separate. So having like an herb choppy thing for like the, the plans and then, and then culinary versus magical. Mm-hmm. Culinary versus magical is a good distinction. Yeah. Cause we are oftentimes processing, um potentially toxic plants or toxic plants for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um something else that I think is often overlooked is ye old wooden spoon. Tell me about your wooden spoons. Love me a wooden spoon. Cuz first of all, this is just like it's kind of like a broom in the way that it's just always been a staple of just folks living um it's just kind of something that's always been around something that's always been very useful and what i like about a wooden spoon is that if you if you work with wooden cooking utensils they tend to kind of pick up 
the vibe or sometimes mm-hmm. like like if, if you use like a wooden cutting board and you cut onions on it, it's going to smell like onions for like a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they kind of retain that memory. And mm-hmm. I like that idea of kind of um, having a buildup. So similarly in like my magical mortar and pestle, I do clean it, but I don't cleanse it because I like the fact that as I'm going through all these spells with it, that it's picking up all of this like magical energy in it. Mm-hmm. Um and similarly with like wooden spoons. So like whether you're cooking with it or, or you're doing like potion work with it, um, they also very easily become wands. Anyone who yeah. is kitchen witching with it knows that a good wooden spoon makes one hell of a wand. Yes. So definitely love me a wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I love that you mentioned that picking up and or holding of memory, that, that yes. por- the porousness of wood. For mm-hmm. sure. And I would definitely go as far as to, um, of course, having like a magical spoons and culinary spoons that are wooden because you you might mm-hmm. not want to be mixing there. Um, but yeah, having like a spoon for like perhaps baneful work or then a spoon for like love work. And then they're just really collecting that energy. So and yeah, they're just mm-hmm. like wands. I really love that. Yeah. And the other thing I love about spoons is uh it's really uh, spoon carving is quite popular nowadays. Mm-hmm. And you can find some, if you want to support artisan uh, crafts people and stuff, you can find some fabulous wooden spoons out there. Some gorgeous yes. with like, and also think of the properties of the wood that's being utilized. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Very much like a wand. It's a kitchen Absolutely. wand, period. Right. And it's one of those things too that like it has so many different uses because people are like, oh, okay, like I use it in cooking or like magic or whatever, but also like utilize a wooden spoon for all kinds of stuff. Sometimes you can't reach something in the kitchen and you need to like utilize a little extender or sometimes you need to chase your husband out of the kitchen because he won't leave alone whatever you're trying to cook or, you know, whatever it is. Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a weapon too. Like, yes, so. that's what that's what I grew up with was the wooden spoon was also a weapon. Yeah. Um, you might get your ass whooped. Yeah, the disciplinary spoon. So yeah, it it has so many different uses. Mm -hmm, For sure, absolutely. Um, what else? Who who goes next? You or me? I don't care. Just throw something. Okay, Okay. we got Um, a bunch of stuff. For me, the one thing I added to this list was um, herb drying racks. Ooh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go and buy the crazy herb drying rack kit at from your I don't know there's like herbal homesteading shops online where you can buy some like fancy $300 rack mm-hmm. made with like wooden um frames and screens and stuff I mean for sure you could do that if you wanted to but uh I like to use um oftentimes and it's cheap and effective and easy access as a cardboard tray like mm-hmm. I, I get that in a lot of my packaging stuff from for my shop updates. I get cardboard trays. So I actually use those to dry because the cardboard allows for quite a bit of airflow mm-hmm. and cardboard is naturally drying in and of itself. So it actually kind of helps dry the herb. So I'll just stack cart like the cardboards together. But if yeah. you're out, you know, like right now for Jay and I, it's uh, summer solstice and this is the time when. A lot of witches are out gathering their herbs for the year, 
it's peak growing season. We're just harvesting stuff. Um, having a nice place to dry your herbs, uh, and mm-hmm. it's like a rack and stuff. You can also hang for sure. I like to use rubber bands for hanging my mm-hmm. herbs. I don't really like to use string, um, because you can just twist the rubber band and then hang it on a hook really easily. And it, um, as the herbs dry, um, in, um, kind of what's the word I'm looking for here? Condense collapse. Shrink? They shrink up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As they shrink, the rubber band like tightens around them still. So that's a good idea. Cause so often I try and hang them with just string. And then when they shrink, the the knot isn't tight enough. So they just start slipping out while they're mm-hmm. drying. Mm-hmm. Somebody showed me too. It was um April Graham, who's at She Is of the Woods, um, posted this video of her curing cabinet to do curing instead of drying because it helps retain more of the, the properties of the plants. And Mm -hmm. what she did was she got like one of those, like, um, like collapsible closet things that you can buy. That's basically just like PVC pipe that, and then like a canvas shell that zips up and down, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like a temporary closet situation. And she just like put some like netting in it on several layers and then sticks a little dehumidifier in there. Mm. and then just seals it all up and then turns on the dehumidifier and it just sucks all the moisture out of there. Um, And then they just dry really quickly. But then she was showing them, they still look fresh, but they're dried. I like like, that. They maintain their color. They maintain all of it. It's just very, um, it's just dry. So like they, they, they maintain a lot of their goodness that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But Pretty much, essentially. <laughs> oh, I really like that idea. That's very cool. Yeah, I was very into it. Yeah, herb drying racks are extremely helpful. And um, yeah, I was just thinking that uh, here in Eastern Oregon, it's already so dry mm-hmm. all the time. Like, um, that's what I used to do when I would do soap making. What I I would when I lived in Western Oregon, where it's so wet all of the time and hu- and humid. I would put my soaps in a room with a dehumidifier to suck all the moisture out of the air. Mm-hmm. And like here in Eastern Oregon, I don't really have to do that. Like I made some soap recently and it's, they're just like super hard bars because all the moisture got sucked out. And, and I noticed that with my herbs here as well as they dry super fast. But if you do live in that like super humid environment or you want that fast, quick drying, mm-hmm. I love that idea that you shared from April Graham. That sounds so cool. Yeah, really, and honestly, it wasn't that expensive. I looked up everything that it would take to do it, and like, yeah, it is like a little bit of an investment, but it's something that, especially if you have just like an area in your house, like in the basement or wherever that's off to the side, that you can just leave it alone, set it there. Um, it's a great way to go. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, because yeah, like a mini dehumidifier is not that expensive. It's like twenty bucks at Walmart. Yeah, we also have on this list here, because this is a personal favorite of mine, is a good pair of scissors. Yes, I love you and your your scissors. Utilizing the scissors all day, every day in the magical work. They're great for protection. They're very useful. I mean, for scissor things, you know, cutting shit. Um, you can utilize them in cord cutting. You can utilize them in protection magic. You can utilize them... Um, there is an account on Instagram, I believe they're called Heart and Vine Apothecary, um, that talks about you can cleanse objects by passing them through, um, like the loops in the handles of scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, so like oh, before yeah, they do, I heard of that. 
Yeah. So they'll kind of pull it through there as like a method of kind of like cleansing them. So it like kind of scrapes off, I guess, any unwanted energy through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I like so that. You can, you can utilize them for all kinds of stuff in magic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think the last thing on our list here is um, a good basket. Love a basket. A good basket for gathering herbs, um, gathering supplies, toting your supplies around, etc. But um, what I really love, and I, I follow a lot of people on Instagram who are um, basket weavers. Ooh. Yeah, and there's just like a lot of magic imbued into a good handmade basket. And mm. um, especially if you're supporting like a... Hand, you know, a basket maker, like, um, they're expensive, but it's like the labor that goes mm-hmm. into a handmade basket is intense, like gathering the willow or the, the, uh, material used to make the basket and then, um, like curing it and getting it wet. I don't know the whole process. I'm not a basket weaver, but <laughs> and then getting the frame, like the design and the whole thing. And then you weave it and you just, the whole thing is really labor intensive. Um, a lot of love goes into it. So much love. And they're just, they're a beautiful thing to have around, um, to tote your stuff around and like gather and stuff. Harvesting like basket backpacks. I don't own one yet, but I want one so bad. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. I would love one of those. See, I love baskets because it's like, not only do they let whatever you're harvesting breathe, like Mm -hmm. while you're doing it, but there's something about picking up a basket that says, I'm going on an adventure. Um, It's either like, I'm going to the farmer's market or I'm going out into the wilderness, you know, to find plants or maybe even into my backyard to find plants, whatever it is. But it says that like, I'm going on an adventure. Also, baskets make me feel femme, and I really love that. Yes. They're, yeah. I'm Ugh, like, baskets. I love it. I'm like, oh, I, I always feel like I need to be wearing a sundress when I'm when I'm having a basket. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. So we're going to move into uh, talking about um, elemental associations with the home. We're going to get out of gadget land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, how do you associate elements with spaces in the home? So for anyone who's been following me for a while, you know that I love me some feng shui. So I like to think about the home as kind of like being in certain sections that kind of have different associations. And while what I'm about to talk about is not feng shui, but it kind of has that similar idea to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I often think of the different places in the home or the different rooms in the home of having elemental associations and just kind of having an awareness of that can also bring in certain types of magic to your home. So for instance, something like the kitchen, I very much associate with fire. Mm -hmm. Um, Classically, that's where like the hearth was and like all that stuff for cooking. and, And that was the room with the fire. Um, now we have our stove, which is a huge source of heat and fire in the home. So that's kind of one of the elemental associations. Then like things like bathrooms, very much associated with water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where we um, bathe. It's where we have our sinks. It's where we have our drains. It's also where we move water through our body a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the water closet. Exactly. A little, little water closet area. So I, I kind of very much associate that with um, water. Places like studies, offices, libraries, things like that. Um, 
air or like media rooms or game rooms, things like that. Mm-hmm. Very mercurial kind of spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, I associate with air and then things like places where we go to like sit, especially like sit with our family or rest um, things like a living room, a den or a bedroom. Um, I very much associate with earth because those are places of recovery places that we go um, to kind of slow down or kind of be um, private or grounded with our family mm-hmm. um, is feels very much earthy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of building that awareness into your house magic, I think is helpful. Similarly to if you want to get out a compass and split your home up into like North, South, East, West quadrants, um, you can get elemental associations that way too. Like, so like North is generally associated with earth and like East is air, West is water, South is fire and kind of your general witchcraft lore. Um, so splitting up your house that way too, um, you can get elemental associations, but just kind of being aware of that and kind of like what the balance is in your home, you know, Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I like that too. I don't really, I've never really thought about kind of specifying elemental associations with areas of my home. It's always been kind of directional for me. I tend to put my um, relaxing spaces or like my altar spaces, I um, put it, if I'm able to put it in the direction of the sun. So very often the place that I go to in the morning, I want it to be east facing so Mm. that I can be with the sun in the morning um, if possible. Um, And then like where I'm sitting right now, which is one of my main working altars in my house is facing south. So I like that it tracks with the sun on this particular side of my house because the sun arcs over here and it kind of like beats down. I don't know. I'm such Mm. a solar oriented person (laughs) in Aries is exalted. or the sun is exalted in Aries, rather. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm just like, give me the sun. I'm solar powered. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So like for me, the directions and orientation of my home is very like, yeah, sunny. And mm-hmm. like where my room is at is also south facing, but it's also like um, one of the shadier parts of my house because of a tree. So it's kind of it's like a it's like a cool den. It's like a cave. I like it. I like that. One one of the only times that I've really started to notice like where things are directionally in the home is having a an east facing window in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Cause I've had that at a few places and it's like five 30 in the AM. It's just like Lion King. It's like, no, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, Oh God, no. Why? <laughs> just like the death ray directly into your home. And I'm like, no, no. No, oh, you got to get some blackout curtains. See, I'm the person really who's do. like, give it to me. Like, wake me up with this rays Mm-mm. stuff. Like, all of my uh, curtains, <laughs> all the curtains in my house are like, fairly sheer. You can't see through them, but like, it lets a lot of light in. Because um, I just can't stand a dark house. I just, it just makes me feel like I'm underground. Yeah, I like a bright house, like, when I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. Not just like death ray, like in the morning. Cause then I'm like, no, I rebuke this in the name of the Lord. <laughs> Go away, son. Right. And like where we're at, cause we're at like the 45th parallel. Oh yeah. You know? So like we get, I mean, it get light, it gets t- t- light at like 
or 15 right now because it's solstice. <gasps> so it's like, yeah, the birds are like, wake the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Nature. <laughs> Kaka. <laughs> Coming at you. Right. Um, one last thing I wanted to touch on here. This is something that a friend of mine showed me that I kind of love. Um, you know, a lot of times people talk about the spirit of the home, which I want to state directly that there is a difference between the spirit of the house and house spirits. Those are two different things because like one is the home itself recognized as a spirit. And the other one is spirits that live in your home. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have the former, not the latter. Cause I don't, I don't need y'all hanging out in my house. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> but right. the house itself, the house itself as a spirit, I think is important. Similarly, the land that your house is on is also a spirit. Yes. Um, sometimes they're connected. Sometimes they're not. It all depends. Um, but something somebody showed me once is that they had a tarot deck that was specifically dedicated to speaking with the house and the land it was on um, as a means of communication. Mm -hmm. So before they would do something like cleansing the home, they would do a draw and be like, okay, what do you need? And the house could tell them like, um, for instance, when I first started doing this, um, I asked it that very same thing like hey i'm gonna cleanse you what do you need and it came back with the three of pentacles which let me know i was going to need it wanted me to utilize several different methods of cleansing mm -hmm. um together in like you know teamwork um to accomplish that and so that was very helpful so having a divination system dedicated specifically to your house or apartment or um your land um is going to be very important I like that a lot. And, and then sussing out uh, what divination system may work best for you in the relationship mm -hmm. to that, to your house and the land around you. Um, Cause mm -hmm. I think we were talking in a previous episode that um, not all spirits are like, okay with like, say specifically the tarot. They're just like, yeah, yeah this doesn't work for me. Uh, I don't really communicate in this way. I find that, um, is very often uh, like when I work with my ancestors, they're not too keen on the tarot mm -hmm. as a means of communication. I find it kind of difficult. Um, so yeah, like utilizing uh, a pendulum or like if you're into bone throwing or something like that, or um, mm -hmm. even just direct intuitive communication. Uh, if that's something that works for you can be helpful, but I really like that having a dedicated divination system, for the house. Um, it's kind of like a telephone being like, Hey, right. what's up? <laughs> it just helps you facilitate that better communication. And I love that you bring up pendulums too, because I think like, I love tarot, but I, I get the sense that people are really trying to fit tarot into places that it doesn't always need to be, mm -hmm. um, or where it's not generally the best tool. And with something like a pendulum, I feel like you can get a little bit more direct with it it might take a little bit more time because you have to kind of like, yes, know it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but you can figure out more things. So it's like, you know, um, if there's a spiritual issue going on, you can ask more questions um, about it, receive more answers that way, or things too, where you're like, um, sometimes you're missing something and you need to ask the house where it is. Mm -hmm. um, that can be helpful. 
And I'm so curious about the like chambered pendulums, the ones that aren't like stones necessarily, but like the ones that you can like put stuff in them. I have not seen this. What? You've never seen those? I no. love them. I, I want one because I love some pendulums. So I, I love I love the crystal pendulums, especially mm-hmm. like if I'm trying to like communicate with land or yeah. something like that. That's a great way to go. But for something like the house, um, I would love to get a chambered pendulum and put like like scrape off some like paint shavings or something like that from the house and put it inside. So it's like the the house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just a little, you know, if you're renting, maybe not, um, but you know, just kind of like, you know, just get a little something off the house and put it inside so that the house is kind of what's steering the pendulum a little Mm. bit, um, in answering. Um, so I think, I think that would be an interesting way of going. That is very cool. Chambered pendulums. Wow. Yeah. Game changer. Major game changer. I'm just thinking of the, like the possibilities. You could gather dirt mm. from locations, beach, sand, yep. beach water. I mean, mm-hmm. what? Wow. And if like, if you're looking for somebody or something like that and you have something of theirs that you can put in it, like some of their hair or whatever, um, you can put it in there. Um, see if you can find out where they are, not to be creepy. I'm thinking more of like a missing person situation, not just like where my boyfriend at. Um, Cause that gets <laughs> weird. Don't stalk people, but mm-hmm. that is an idea. Hmm. I have had to like look for missing pets, things like that, utilizing a pendulum before. So I think that something like that would be really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did see here, I don't think you talked about this yet, but um, in, also utilizing this form of communication in times of extreme weather or change. Did you communicate with your house like during, um, cause you had to evacuate due to wildfire a while back. Yes. So um, you can utilize that for like, Hey, um, we have a huge snowstorm coming in. Um, and sometimes when that snow piles up on the roof, mm-hmm. your roof can give way. Um, so oh, yeah. kind of like having a conversation with your home kind of being like, what is it that you need? Um, or this thing is coming. You can talk to him and be like, I'm so sorry. I got to evacuate. <laughs> like, yeah, um, kind of talking to it, you know? So during those, those moments, it's nice to have time to speak to it or during something like a haunting, you may need to speak to your house mm-hmm. and be like, Hey, what is going on here in you? Like what's, what's happening? Um, that's, that's an important way to go too. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, perhaps if I utilize tarot and house home communication, it will just expand my tarot deck. I have so many decks and I'm just like, what do I do with you? <laughs> Which one of y'all wants to talk to my house? Right. right. <laughs> cool. Well, this was a fun episode. I really like talking house gadgets and witch gadgets and how they cross over and, and are connected and, yeah, folk magic. Folk magic. I love it. Um, also, for all of you that are listening here, we are looking to do an episode on coming out of the broom closet. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a story you would like to share with us, um, whether your coming out of the broom closet was really wonderful or really terrible or maybe you learned something really important during it. Um, we want to know about your story of yeah. how that went for you, what you did, what you learned, all that stuff. Um, so feel free to get in touch with us. Um, is there a preferred way that you want them to do it? 
Yes, for this episode, um, if you're interested in sharing your story, just go to the show notes and there will be a Google forum for you Mm. to fill out. That's how we would like to collect the stories is through a Google forum. Um, So just submit your story there. Um, You know, let us know if you'd like to be mentioned uh, by name or if you would like uh, Mm -hmm. your your identity to be hidden or something like that, because we do want to um, protect and we respect the privacy of our listeners. Um, so let us know that. And um, hilarious stories are very encouraged. We love to laugh. Um, yes. Yes. So let us know how, how it was to kind of come out of the broom closet because we want to we really want to dip into uh, listener stories and stuff. And I know mm-hmm. I'm like future tripping here right now, but I also just want like people who aren't people listener stories because that was such a popular yes. episode. And like people really love that. And we all we we got some emails where people were like, yeah, I totally had this experience with like a person who wasn't a person. So I will. (sighs) Yeah. In the future, just. Get your wheels spinning about people who aren't people, but we want to hear your broom closet coming out stories. I love that. I love that. What you know, what's interesting is that there's all of my friends who um work as as some sort of sex worker whether they're you know strippers or whatever they have so many stories about folks like that because they they come in contact with so many different kinds of people all through the day and they really get to know people and so many of my friends have stories like that who come from that area so like i would be so interested to hear those stories in particular also people who spend a lot of time in the forest sometimes come across people as well who are like that so i'm like i'm curious to see like what demographic is most likely to come in contact with these people right who are not people right i noticed that with a lot of outdoors folks um i have a few weird stories one area in particular, and also shout out, they will probably never listen to our podcast. I don't know. Things could happen. But the girls over at Morbid, uh, a true crime podcast, oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. tell, they do listener stories and stuff. And um, I notice a lot of hot springs tend to be a place <laughs> where <laughs> you meet some real freaky individuals, a lot of people who aren't people. Um, I've noticed hot springs. And in my experience, hot springs are really just a... It's such a magical vortex space mm-hmm. because it re- it's just like this water c- coming from underneath or from in the earth, you know, and like bubbling up mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on there and it just attracts some uh, interesting folks. They're, they're gateways. Oh, ma- absolutely. Like out of the earth and like in all kinds of ways. It's like in the stranger things when they open the portal to the upside down, it's like, yeah. oh, no, yes, absolutely. Nope. 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 All right, y'all. Uh, live your best life. Be gay, do crimes. And most importantly, send us your stories and do witchcraft. Do it. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate or If you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.